Hey there, Crosswinds family and friends. Welcome to Crosswinds Unleashed. Each week, we're dedicated to bringing the best stories and biblical life principles from authentic believers. Our podcast breaks down the Christian life through interviews and practical instruction in what we hope will be a fun and accessible way. I'm Craig Cooper, the host of this podcast and lead pastor of Crosswinds Church. Let me give a special shout out to Elijah Merrill, our producer, and Sheldon Boyce, our assistant producer. I appreciate so much all the work that they do to get these podcasts out every single Friday of every single week. If you want to learn more about this podcast or anything Crosswinds related, head on over to our website at crosswinds.church. Well, I'm really excited to have with me again uh, during this sort of mini-series of four episodes, um, Betty Ryan, thanks for being here. It's uh, good to be here again, yeah. And Ryan Samuels. I'm back. Thanks for being a part of this journey. I'm back. So we've looked at um, Palm Sunday. We did that two episodes ago, and uh, the episode uh, that we just did last week, of course, was on Good Friday, and we talked about that holy, that sacred day. Today, we have the privilege of looking at the resurrection. Uh, which is sort of the um, the pinnacle, if you will, mm-hmm. the death and resurrection of, of our Christian faith. Um, the resurrection is so important when Paul writes about uh, the crucifixion and resurrection to the Corinthian church. He says, if there was no resurrection, our gospel would not be good news. That's my summation of what he writes there. He says, in other words, if it stopped mm-hmm. at, the, at the crucifixion, none of us would be saved, that salvation is only possible. Uh, because not only did Christ die for our sins, but his resurrection for our salvation, for our justification, being made right with God. And, and so it's it's important that we just put all this in perspective. I, I love, I'm, I'm a Christmas junkie, um, but as a pastor and as a follower of Christ, more importantly, I, I'm thankful that although Christmas has been hijacked a little bit with our culture, with with all the other things that are sort of secular, non, non-church-related, non I guess, uh, images of Christmas, Santa, and all that type of stuff, that all Easter can throw at us is the Easter bunny, but they really cannot in any way take away what this really is about. Mm-hmm. You know, this, this Resurrection Sunday, we call it Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, um, Jesus uh, conquering the grave. Uh, you know, so many other world faiths, you know, their their leaders are are, are still dead, and, and, and we understand that Jesus Christ, God, conquered the grave, conquered sin, offers life, the eternal life to those who, who choose him. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give sort of a, a backdrop to our conversation. I want to talk about the gospel, just sort of the essence of the gospel, if I can, and if I dare say, try to do that in a few minutes. Um, but uh, I want to I want to share with the good news. The good news is that God created man and women, uh, men, men and women, to originally be in relationship with Him, unhindered relationship. He, matter of fact, He He creates a perfect place for them, Eden, uh, the Garden of Eden. Uh, that is that is a perfect place. That's everything they need. It's beautiful. I mean, the descriptions are there for us. Um, also, the the climate must have been pretty good because they're naked walking around uh, the garden. Uh, they're not no shame. Um, you know, and so uh, the climate had to been much more conducive than it is right now as we're recording this, as there's snow on the ground. Um, and so it's a perfect place. And the most important thing is, we, we know in the cool of the day, it talks about how many literally walking with God. We don't understand how that how that really worked. Uh, it doesn't go into greater detail than that, but we just know there's unhindered relationship. Um, and all God says to me, he says, you, you can take full um, full advantage of everything in this garden but one tree. Uh, tree of the knowledge of good and evil. This is the one tree you can't touch. And people say, well, why that tree? Well, I think he could have picked any tree he wanted. But the reality of it is he, he wanted he, they were innocent, which means they weren't tested. And so God wants us in a relationship with him of our choosing. 
He didn't create us to be robots. He created us with 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 uh, free will in order to choose or, or reject. And so here here in the garden, he he gives them an opportunity. He he gives them one you know prohibition: do not eat of this tree. And of course, we know the story. Satan um, uses a snake, or Satan threw the snake, or Satan is a snake. You know, the, the, theologians argue over how that actually all worked. But the uh, snake um, tells Eve, you know, God didn't truly say that, deceives her, and she eats of the fruit. Uh, she gives it to she gives it to Adam. We don't know what the fruit was, by the way, so I'm just going to refer to it as fruit. Uh, I won't say it's an apple, like many people believe, because I love apples. Uh, but it's a fruit, and so she offers it to Adam, and Adam eats of it too. Now, interesting. Why do we point it at Adam and not Eve? Well, I think it's two things. First of all, um, God told Adam not to eat of that tree. We can we can sort of pick up from the from the account that Adam then had told Eve. Uh, he literally had heard God say, "Don't," you know, and he still does it, you know. Uh, and, and, and he's the first of the creation, and so you know. So Scripture, if you go to Book of Romans, for instance, he says all the world is divided into two groups: those who are in Jesus and those who are in Adam. And I've often said, look, let's not be too hard on Adam, because if all of us were tested, we would have failed too. At some point, we would have put ourselves over God. That's what they do. The fall; they're they're cast out of Eden. So the good news is we're created to be in a relationship with God, unhindered relationship. The bad news is because sinners, the world, because of this act, uh, this defiance against God, they're cast out of Eden. No longer is humanity in a perfect place. We're east of Eden. In fact, when we all cry out for justice and all these things, it's because we are created for that place. We live in this one, a fallen world where there's hurt, there's pain, there's loss, there's selfishness, there's war. Um, all these things, injustice, um, and 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 it's a bleak moment in, in the moment in, from the very uh, at the very beginning, really, of humanity. Um, and yet, God gives this voice of hope in, in Genesis three, I believe it's fifteen. He says, "You know that that a descendant of Eve will have his will have his uh, heel bruised, um, but that Satan will be defeated by having his head crushed." And that's sort of a, an understanding of sort of what the Hebrew is literally saying there. If you go to that verse, that verse is considered the the proto evangelium, which is like the first statement of the good news in Scripture. So from the very beginning, here's the curse, and within the curse, God gives us promise of hope that one will come who will redeem humanity, who will make things right again. And so, what does God do? He chooses a people of His own, Israel. Their whole purpose is he chooses them not because they're special. In fact, he says, I chose you because you're not special. You're only special because I chose you. Um, And they're going to be a light unto the world. Well, guess what? They're not a perfect light. Much like Adam and Eve, they choose their own over God. Uh, They, they too, will walk away from him. He'll send prophets who will talk about the, the promised Messiah, the Christ, the one who will come to redeem the world, come back to me. That Many times we see this, this, this sort of uh, up and down where they come back to God, then they walk away from him, come back to God, walk away from him. By the way, does that sound familiar, people? Uh, you know, this, this, is, this is their journey. And then God does something. Uh, we, we call it the Christmas story. Uh, John 1 is my favorite account of the Christmas story when it comes to what happened here, although it doesn't give all the descriptions of the, of the manger and all these type of things. Uh, he says that God invaded, invaded our space. He moved into our neighborhood, that he came. Uh, so when we talk about the one, the promised one, the Messiah, the Christ, you know, people were looking 
throughout those thousands of years since Adam and Eve, the chosen people of Israel, they were looking at like, will he be or will he be a mighty uh, warrior? Will he be this? Is he a political leader? Is he a spiritual leader? And what we find in John three sixteen is no, no, he's God's one and only Son. The God invades our space. God comes down and, and is born. In fact, Paul writes in Philippians a beautiful picture of this. He says he took, he humbled himself by taking upon his divinity humanity. So this idea, we use the word incarnation, which means being being putting on flesh, this incarnation. He, he becomes one of us, walks with us, lives a perfect life. Of course, last week we, we talked on Good Friday about the fact that he did die for our sins. Romans tells us that, that the, for the wage of sin is death but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. And so Jesus dies in our stead. What we deserve is death, but what, what he does is he dies so we can have life. Life abundant that starts the moment we say yes to Jesus, that it's full experiences, only experience when we're with him in paradise. And once again, like Eden, we have an unhindered relationship with God. There's no more tears, no more, I'm getting excited about this, no more tears, no more heartache, no more loss, none of that. And here's the really good news. We're not going to make a bad decision. Like once we're with him in, in paradise, like we're his, we're his, we're his. You know, there's no, no, no tree you have to worry about violating, you know, all those type of things. So it's, it's just a redemptive story that builds up to the, to the resurrection where Jesus not only died for our sins, but he's brought back to life. Like he, he's resurrected. And in scripture, we see people who are resuscitated. Uh, in other words, they were dead and they're brought back to life, but they're going to die again. You know, like Lazarus, you know, it's an interesting story there. Jesus, he's dead. He's in the tomb. In fact, if you read the account, he's like smelling in the tomb. That's how long he's in there. And, and, and Jesus calls him out. So he comes back to life. But guess what? Lazarus is going to die again. Jesus is not. Jesus is God. He's eternal. He ascends to heaven. That's a whole nother part of, of what we could talk about. But, but the good news of the gospel is that in Christ, not only are our sins covered when we receive Christ as Lord and Savior, but we're given life. And that goes back to what Paul wrote. If, if there was no resurrection, the gospel is not good news. By the way, gospel means good news. And why? Because having our sins covered is not enough. Having, our, having the debt of our sin paid by Jesus isn't enough. For us to truly be redeemed, to truly be saved— he gives us life. And how do we know we have that life? Because he's the first of the resurrected. And if Jesus, by the way, has conquered the grave, then we don't have to deny everything he said because only he could do that. We, we can take everything he said at face value. And Paul's saying, look, if he didn't, don't believe any of it. But since he is a living Christ, since he, he was resurrected, we, we can take that. I was going to say to the bank, but it's better than that. Trust me, much better than that. We, we can believe every, every word he said, and we can trust trust with all of our heart that eternity is our future with him. That into the unforeseen future, from the moment we say yes to him, we walk with him, and we, when we're with him in paradise, unhindered relationship with him. And so we talked about as we've been sort of doing this journey together, we come into Palm Sunday, the beginning of Passion Week, Holy Week, and there's these somber uh, services. Palm Sunday is usually not, it's usually triumphant, but I would argue there's a certain bit of somber that should be there too. But, you know, we have, we have a Wednesday service in some traditions and a Thursday service and, of course, Good Friday. And, and all these remembrance of all that Christ went through. But on Resurrection Sunday, there, there's just like, there's celebration. There's life. There's power available to us. And as a church, his church, not Crosswinds, his church all over the world, uh, it, it's, it's a day of great celebration. 
And, and so I'll stop bloviating and uh I'll, preach yeah 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 yeah. i'll stop uh, getting a little excited here uh, but that that's that's the good news in a nutshell john three sixteen. for god so loved the world that he gave his one only son to whoever believes in him whoever believes in him will have eternal life and ryan as you think Re- resurrection sunday man this is what what we're offered in jesus christ mm-hmm. um what would you say to the to, what's that mean to you what would you say that to the let's say i'm sitting across from you and i'm like man what's up with your excitement about <laughs> This, this Resurrection Sunday, what would you say to me? I mean, it's the reason I'm here. It's the reason I have a family. It's the reason <clears throat> I'm raising my daughter to know who Christ is. It's the reason I, it's the reason I accepted him. I, I've, I experienced the re, I've experienced the freedom that comes with being in that relationship again with him. Now, yeah, I'm a human and I make a lot of mistakes, and um, but we're, we know that that's going to happen. But <clears throat> the beautiful. The beautiful part about that is, yeah, we reflect on the fall and we see that, and but we now have the opportunity to be back in that relationship with him, and and it's an active relationship. I think that's I love that about it is that people's like, well, how, how can it be active when it, if I talk to him, I don't know how to hear him. I I'm just I'm talking to a wall sometimes, you know, but I have experienced. Him and his words, through his scripture, through so many other ways in my life, through, you know, I get to, and it is a relationship. It is. And, and so I get excited about it because I, the only, and I, I touched on this a little bit last, but the only time I went to church ever before I was 18 was on Easter. Was on Easter. Uh. That's it. Easter Sunday, the only time, because my my grandfather was a Baptist preacher. So the only time I ever went to church was on Easter Sunday, and so I knew that part about Jesus, but I didn't understand the why. Well, okay, you, you killed him, and now he's alive. What does that mean for me? So it was never presented to me in a way that I understood. So now you know, thinking back on that ten years ago. Um, when I accepted him, I was like, oh man, this, this is what it meant. That's what it meant. And, you know, everything that, everything that I have in my life right now, I owe to him everything. The, the, my, my family, you know, where I, I work. <clears throat> and so that relationship that I have with him is because of that resurrection Sunday. Wow. Who right. I that's, am today. That's powerful. That's so. powerful. Betty, what would you, what would you say? You know, so sitting across from you. And and you're why why are you so excited? You know, resurrection Sunday, the resurrection. Why are you so excited about that? You know, our God is alive. Mm. That that's a big deal. It's we aren't worshiping, and I think you said it. We aren't worshiping a God, small G, who is who is not real or who is um, made of wood or is money or is anything else in our life that we follow. Our God is alive and desires a personal relationship with us, and I think that is so key. In, Can I just piggyback to it real yeah, quick? Because yeah. I think it's so important that we understand. You know, a lot of times people say, well, what's the difference between that and Greek mythology? Mm. You know, and, mm-hmm. and they try to make Jesus sort of like a Hercules, right? He's mm-hmm. part God, part man. But he's fully God, fully man. You know, mm-hmm. he's not part God, part man. He's fully God, fully man. And, and with no, I mean, he's going to conquer. He conquered the grave. Like he, he is, mm-hmm. he is the God. He mm-hmm. is capital G God. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, we talk about the Trinity, which my goodness, we're not going to get into right here. But you know, it's it's one God. 
you know, mm-hmm. and, and Father, Son, Holy Spirit, one God. And, and, and he comes, and, and I think, you know, th- that's the difference, right? The difference is he, he's God who dies, he's God who, who, who is eternal, and, 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 and not only comes to life, but gives life. And so many times, the gods of, of mythology, I don't care if you're talking about Egyptian, Roman, Greek, the Romans sort of stole some things from the Greek, but that's another mm-hmm. story. But as, as we look at all these gods, right, um, all over uh, the pagan world, we would call it, right, um, the reality is is that not a one of them ever, ever, ever just did something out of their love. It's, it's a, they're selfish gods. Why? Because we created them. Mm-hmm. They're not real gods anyway. We created them. And you know what? We created them in our image. Mm-hmm. And so when we hear those stories, that's why. Because we think, well, if I was a god and I had all the power, well, it would all be all about me. And, and their gods are all about them. Our, the one true God is all about, yeah, himself. But when he brings glory to himself, it's a benefit to us. That's right. Because how does he glorify himself? You know, and a lot of times, even in the salvation, even when I share, you know, what does it mean to be in this living relationship with God? Uh, it's easy for me to get so wrapped up in what it means for me. I forget the fact that it's all about it glorified him. Like it revealed him. And, and only God can, someone said to me once, well, it seems like God sometimes brags about himself. Only God can quote unquote, if you want to use that word, brag about himself and it benefits everybody. Because mm-hmm. it's not selfish. He's not bragging in a way that he is being selfish. He's bragging in a way that is beneficial to you because when you worship Yeah, because when you receive God, him, sure. you got life. And so there's this, this – anyway, I had to – when you were talking about that small G, capital G, mm-hmm. I thought, man, I got I to gotta just – because that to me is another reason why Resurrection Sunday, because it's not some demigod. Mm-hmm. It's God. It's the one right. true God, and he, he's showing not only the greatest act of love ever offered anyone on the cross, but it's like, I'm not dead. And I, I think I think you know when Jesus died on the cross, I think the d- disciples lost hope. I mean, they weren't even there. Yeah, I they, think the yeah, only one, right? They're like, I'm not uh, yeah, Satan, Satan, Satan thought he had won. He thought, you know, I'm not sure what happened because the Jewish leaders say, make sure you have someone out of out of mm-hmm. that out because they're afraid his followers are going to take him because he talks. But but what happens is 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 quite interesting. It changed the disciples forever, because mm-hmm. hope is restored, and eternal hope given and received by eleven of them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and and the world's never been the same. And and he com- and he shows them. He comes back and he shows them and he walks with them and he taught and even Thomas. Yeah, that's important, right? Right. Mm-hmm. It, and it's, he's not just saying, hey. I did it, you know, and now just believe. He actually comes back and he shows them hundreds of people. You know, he shows many people. You know, I asked, when the go- when the gospels were written, yeah, and even some of Paul's letters, these people were still alive. Sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So I mean, if 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 what they were writing wasn't true, a lot of them would have said that's not true. But they they actually got some of these stories from those people. And there's evidence, like especially Luke, right? Luke's getting them from people. He might have sat with Mary. Mm-hmm. And even ask, you know, about this, and as he's writing it, I mean, it's just a, it blows my mind. And there's evidence of those scriptures, you know, from that time. So this is not just us talking about that. When yes. you do the research, you find the evidence there um, that helps to grow your faith. You know, I was talking to my disciples. I have these um, young girls that I disciple, and one of the questions says, "Okay, what would you do if there was no God?" And literally, their face dropped. And as you think about that. If you 
truly believe in your heart that there is no God. And I think so many people out there, and it, it's it's innate within us, right, that there's more. If you really were to say, no, there is not, and, and not believe that, where is your hope? It just, it, it drops. But take that little piece that you do believe about God and allow that to grow. Yeah. Allow that to grow within you and allow it to know. Because he says to his disciples, too, afterwards, he says, okay, now I've come and taught you, now I want you to go teach other people. You know, this is what I want you to do. And um, take it and uh, allow it to flourish within you. Yeah, you know, and, and there's that old statement, and, and at first I was all for it until I really processed it over the years, that idea that, you know, if, if, if you're wrong and you say mm-hmm. there is no God, I'm not going to follow him, and he is who he says he is, you're going to pay for it in eternity, right? You're, you're going to be lost forever. Um, but if I'm wrong, I haven't lost anything because I've lived a good life. That's not what Paul would say when he's talking about the power of the resurrection to the Corinthians. He's basically saying, look, if Christ isn't, has not been resurrected, just do what you want. It, there's, no, there's nothing to live for. Mm-hmm. So you might, as well, you might as well live for yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Here's just no reason. Um, because, you know, when we talk about doing good to another, that's because deep down inside ourselves, we know that every single human life is is precious. Mm-hmm. But we're not precious if, if if the reality of it is we're some happenstance, you know, we're some mathematical anomaly um, that that somehow you know it's out of the cosmic ooze, you know, By chance. we became who we are. That there's no reason to, mm-hmm. to to do good, you know, there's really no reason even to, to do good to our planet. Who cares? And, and Paul's sort of expressing that, and he says, but listen. Christ has indeed resurrected. He's mm-hmm. a living Savior. He's our God. And because of that, it gives all the affirmation we need to, mm-hmm. to look at, at the Bible and say, I'm giving myself to the Lord and I want to become more and more like him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Ryan, what's what, you know, so, so you talked about, you know, it, 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 you come to Christ, mm-hmm. you know, you, you'd sort of heard the Easter story. What changes as you're discipled? Man, so much. Um, I'll I'll do it from a, a very per, personal perspective. As I, so I've been in Christ for ten years now. I'm 28, and I accepted Him when I was 18. And I will say the most. <clears throat> this might be shocking, but it might not. The most, the closest I've ever been to God is in this past 14 months, because before that. I was allowing others to a point to direct where my faith was pointing. I really didn't, I mean, you know, my first four years of being a Christian, of being presented, of being discipled, I was in school. So, okay. And then coming out of that, you know, it was just me and my wife and we're in another church. But then like the past 14 months, I think, is when I really started to really, really, really take stuff seriously. My daughter was getting older. And, you know, she was starting to become more aware of things. And I started thinking more about future stuff. And the reality of the fact is I'm nowhere near where I was when I was 18, when I accepted Christ. Nowhere near. And people are like, well, what does that mean? Because if they would have met me at 18, they'd be like, well, you're the same funky, crazy rye guy that I know. The difference, however, is I – and I will say this is specifically – I did not like people. I really did not like people to the point of it was just me and my mom, you know, and I, and I knew, you know, I, 
hung out with my dad, but there was a point where I, I didn't, but I've never met my biological father, but I didn't like people so much to the point where I, I was so, it was just me, just down the road. And then this one girl shows up and it changes the thing. But once Jesus entered into the situation, I, I, I understood what it meant to be loved for the first time, like truly loved by someone. Now I knew my mom loved me, <clears throat> but there was a difference. But it's of, not a perfect love like it, God loves. Yeah, it's not a perfect love. And so I had no understanding what it was like to show then love to someone else. Sure. And so I think over the past 14 months, I really started... 14 months ago, what changed? I really think it was my daughter. Mm. I really do. Because I was living so much so for myself, so much so, that seeing this little girl... You know, what a year and a half ago or 12 months ago, she was three. So she was starting to be more aware of things as daddy was getting older and, you know, realizing that, and I'm only 28, but realizing the clock doesn't last forever. And 14 months ago, you know, I lost my grandpa. Yeah. And that's a whole different story, but I don't mean to get emotional, but. That's all right. I don't, I don't want to be the only one who cries on the podcast. But this the, is beautiful. But Go the for last it. 14 months, I. I, I saw this little person, and I, I, I quickly went back to what I was like at 18. Hmm. And I was like, man, I had such a dislike for people that the only person I really enjoyed were my friends. I didn't even like my mom to a point. I didn't, definitely didn't like my biological father. I'd never met him. That only because of Jesus was I able to work through that pride. And it took nine years. And I'm not even fully through that pride, but it took nine years. I went through 12 steps. I went through these things that didn't necessarily help. They helped me starting to think about it. And it moved, it started in motion what happened over the last 14 months. But there was just this- But it wasn't that. But it wasn't that that click. So as last week we talked about in a split second, that criminal on the cross- realized who Jesus was in an instant. So much so did I. I was like, oh my goodness, this is this was what changed in the last nine years. This is what it was. It was because I I I love my wife so much. But this little girl in front of me, I love I didn't think I could love anything more than my wife. And you put, and I'm not saying that there's one, but the, it's the love that I have for her. No, I mean, let's. If you're a parent out there, mm-hmm. and there's a choice between your spouse or your child, if your spouse is even remotely decent, they want you to choose a child. Mm-hmm. I mean, as a, as a, yeah. as a father in my, if Krista and I, that's my wife, if it was between us or any of our three kids or our two grandkids, and it was a choice. She would know. Now, first of all, I wouldn't have to tell her. She would choose them over me, but she would know. God forbid mm-hmm. don't choose me over them. So that's not a bad statement. And so I, I got to a point where I was like, I need to better myself so that this little girl can have the best, <clears throat> I guess, what I could offer father in her life. And that coincided with, if, I'm, if I think I'm a solid dad... Hmm. knowing that 
I've never met my biological father. So the kind of only thing I got to go off of is my stepdad who came into the mix and he was amazing. If I think I'm a solid, so he, God is so much more, infinitely more, that if I'm wanting to better myself for this little one and I'm doing all these things to change and I want to do all these things to change, why wouldn't I do that with my relationship with Jesus? So that let me, let me ask you this: Yes or no? Just a yes or no on this one, because I I just I just want to mm-hmm. I want to hear honestly your heart. You talked about coming to Christ eighteen. You mm-hmm. got like a decade, so we'll say nine years, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you did all these things, right? So you have the twelve step and all this stuff. Yes or no? Is it that God, because He's living and active, is using all that stuff for nine years to get you to that point? Hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, I mean. So if there was no resurrection, and all you did was to say, Christianity is a great philosophy to mm-hmm. live after. You know, if, if I if I can just that that all this is this Bible and these principles mm-hmm. are just good principles that make me quote unquote a better person, mm-hmm. you wouldn't have had that divine aha moment 100%. fourteen months I was, ago. I was what probably you could call was a Sunday Christian. Right. I was wor- I was working in a church. I had planted a church. Yeah. <clears throat> I had done all the I had went to school to be a pastor. Yeah. But I was only living yeah. in this world where I was like, okay, well what But God wasn't done working on no. you and because of the resurrection, because of a living Christ, his spirit mm-hmm. indwelling you, you were growing. And it was fi- it was finally when I asked Jesus, okay, what do you want yeah. from me? Because prior to that, I was only ever saying I was only approaching him in ways where I was like, okay, what can I get out of this? I have anxiety. Could well, you take this away? Don't jump ahead because yeah. next next week's uh, podcast, we're going to talk a little bit about yeah. that in the so, Christian yeah. life. Yeah. Ryan, that's powerful. Buddy, what last words would you give to those who are listening? I think Ryan had such a powerful story to tell that I'm just reminded to know God personally because he offers you that. Yeah. That's good. That's mm-hmm. good. And I can't say it any better. That, that That's it right there, that mm-hmm. that you know uh, you're not alone in Jesus. And and that may sound like a cliche, but it's not. It's gospel fact that, you know, um, God, God, it, it, He is for you. And what mm-hmm. I mean by that is He, he, he left the splendor of heaven. Uh, he took uh, upon His divinity, humanity. He lived the perfect life. He died on the cross. I'm going to personalize this for your sins. He was resurrected for your salvation. None of that's automatic. That salvation is not automatic. It takes us receiving him as Lord and Savior. And so, you know, as you heard Ryan's testimony, God does a work in the lives of those who come to him. Mm-hmm. All the promises of Scripture, of fulfillment and peace and power, that they're there for those who bow their knee before the Lord and say, you know, God, I'm tired of being my own God. I'm tired of following these false gods. Um, none of that, none of that's going to get me where you, where I need to be because you've created me to be in relationship with you. You're the one true God. I bow my knee before you. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Thank mm-hmm. you for resurrected for my salvation. Lead me, guide me. Let's do this thing together. And if you haven't done that, I just encourage you to do that. Uh, you can always reach out to us if you want more information about what it means to be in this life-giving relationship with Jesus Christ. If you want to know more about why when we talk about the resurrection, we get so emotional and excited and everything, we'd love to talk to you about that. We have resources you can access through our website at crosswinds.church. Reach out to us. That's where you learn about all things as podcasts and Crosswinds Church itself. Uh, Join us next week as we sort of conclude this four-part mini-series, if you will, 
on, uh, you know, sort of the, I'd say the good news, the gospel message, what the Bible says about who Jesus is and how he can change your life. Next week, we're going to look at the believer and, and sort of that response that he calls us to. We're going to be looking at uh, a particular verse from the book of Romans to sort of kick off that discussion. Uh, but for now, for now, be blessed and bless others. Mm-hmm.